Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. You want to see job stability and a diverse economy. If you don't see that, that may be a market you should avoid. Because let's face it, there's so many other markets you can choose from. And the United States is such a large market, geographically speaking, that it's really made up of over 400 metropolitan statistical areas and probably over 600 if you include micro markets. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Hello, Best Ever listeners, and welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever Show. I'm Theo Hicks, and today we will be featuring three more previous Best Ever guests Will you will hear their expert opinions on how to select the best market to invest in. The first clip comes from episode 1804 with Marco Santarelli. Here's what Marco had to say about selecting the best market. The first thing I'm going to say about that are markets that are experiencing depression, lost population, meaning their net migration is negative and has been negative for years, meaning that is the trend because you need people in the market and more people coming in or more people growing there organically to sustain the demand on real estate. So the people who rent your properties have to be people who live there and work there. So if you see negative migration, that's a bad sign. You probably want to do really good due diligence or stay away from that market. Same thing with jobs. You want to see positive job growth, job stability, and a diverse economy. If you don't see that, that may be a market you should avoid because let's face it, there's so many other markets you can choose from. And the United States is such a large market, geographically speaking, that it's really made up of over 400 metropolitan statistical areas and probably over 600 if you include micro markets. So there's a lot to choose from. And this is why you shouldn't necessarily be investing in your so-called backyard is because odds are there are better opportunities in other markets if you just look around and start to look at things such as job diversity, the economy, growth, population, housing demand, and all that good stuff. So stay away from markets that have negative factors like that. And then if you want to kind of break it down a little bit more granularly, I would stay away from sub-markets and neighborhoods within markets that are not that great that are not providing you with solid returns and solid locations. You come across a million dollars. Who knows how you came across it, but it's an extra million bucks. 
and you have to invest it in turnkey rentals in the United States. But there's a catch. The catch is you can invest it in any market in the U.S. The catch is that there are five markets that you've got to cross off your list. You would never, ever, ever invest in those five markets, but they've got to be major cities. What are the five markets that you must cross off your list before you actually pick the market that you want to invest in? That's a good question. Very interesting. So, Joe, do these markets have to be ones that I would consider otherwise? No, they can just be five major cities that you wouldn't consider. So the first five off your list. Well, if I wouldn't consider them right from the get-go, then that's easy because there's many of those markets. Okay. And I'll just rattle off some names. San Francisco, Los Angeles, New York, Washington, D.C., parts of New Jersey. I don't know if I'm answering your question, but I can tell you what all these markets have in common. Yeah, please. If you look at these markets, you'll see Seattle, Washington is another one. They're very, very expensive. And I want to say overpriced to the point of their bubble markets. And the problem there is this. It's what I talked about before. If you have properties that are so expensive, you have two problems. One is the ratio of what those rental units, whether it's an apartment complex or more specifically single family homes, what they rent for relative to the purchase price or market price of that property is so out of whack. It's so out of line that there's no way you can get a decent rate of return, if at all, on those properties without putting a large down payment but then you're not really using your capital property. You're not leveraging your capital. You're not getting the greatest rate of return. So these are very expensive markets. And so number one, you don't get the right cap rate, the cash on cash returns and everything else. Number two, because they've had such a huge run up, there's greater potential for there to be a pullback or a turn where that real estate market turns and you see the equity and the property values come down. So that means that the downside risk is higher in those markets than in a more stable market where you see the cycle in that market, appreciation, depreciation, be more like a soft wave as opposed to a roller coaster. That's the problem with these expensive markets is they're out of whack, they're overpriced. Often they're not landlord friendly and it's hard to actually get a rate of return. Besides, you can't leverage your investable capital as far in those markets as you can in some of these more stable, diversified markets. So Marco provided advice on not only how to choose the correct market, but what are some of the metrics you need to look at to know which markets to actually avoid. And he gave some examples of the markets he chooses to avoid. We'll get back to the show in just two minutes, but first, some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. One of the hardest tasks to balance while scaling your real estate investing business is accounting. Well, realestateaccounting.co takes care of the numbers for you so you can grow your business and revenue. REA helps property managers and investors save time and money by automating back office, financial, admin, and accounting. Starting is quick and seamless from accounts payable to reconciliations, taxes, and reporting. Go to realestateaccounting.co forward slash best ever to find out how REA clients save on average 30% by leveraging their accounting services versus hiring in-house. With CPAs on staff and being owner-operators themselves, REA knows the challenges of your growing real estate business. Try it risk-free at realestateaccounting.co forward slash best ever And remember to mention the Best Ever Podcast sent you to receive up to $1,800 
towards onboarding and services. That's realestateaccounting.co forward slash best ever. If you're not sure where to start investing or need help taking the next step, mentorship and coaching is one of the best ways to get going. Think Multifamily is a leading apartment acquisition and education company who provides true one-on-one coaching to help you invest for your family's future. Their servant leadership approach will guide you to successfully scale your real estate business or assist you to diversify your investments in multifamily. Go to thinkmultifamily.com forward slash coaching to learn how they help working professionals just like you transform their future through partnering and community. In fact, the majority of real estate investors who partner with Think Multifamily get involved in a general partnership within six months. Thinkmultifamily.com forward slash coaching highlights the partnerships, joint ventures, and resources all available through the coaching program. Go to thinkmultifamily.com forward slash coaching to learn how to become a member and get involved. The next clip comes from episode 1628 with Brent Maxwell. Here's what Brent had to say about selecting the best market. The focus of our conversation today is how to identify an up and coming market before everyone else. So how do we do that? That's a great question. And for the people that have a bit of risk tolerance, I think it's the question to be asking. When you look at, for example, Detroit as a market as a whole, there was a trough from 2009 when we when we bottomed out all the way for the next few years. And then things started to peak up. And in many areas of the city and in most of the suburbs, property values are at, near, or even above their pre-crash peak values but there's still many places where the values are still flat. So if you're buying as a value investor and you're looking for an increase in appreciation, obviously you want to buy in an area where that curve is at least hit the emerging part of the growth market. And ideally you're getting in the low, obviously. So how do we do that? I think the answer in Detroit is to look for areas where you're starting to see signs of the percolation of transition. Mm-hmm. And what signifies transition? Transition is a change of the demographics of an area. You're looking at areas that have been stable or declining for a long period of time and are experiencing a different character of a person moving into them, whether it be middle-income, middle-class people, or young, hip people. Whatever that is, those are areas in transition. Of course, there's downer transitions as well but we're looking for the upward transition. So basically we're looking for areas that for lack of a better word are approaching what many people would consider gentrifying. Although really at the beginning stages of any neighborhood in transition, you don't have any gentrification. And quite frankly, in the neighborhoods of Detroit, there isn't any gentrification. So I I realize it's a bad word for a lot of people. I don't have a problem saying it because it doesn't really exist. Even in the central business district of downtown where you're seeing $25 a foot for rental space, it's priced appropriately compared to similar markets nationwide. So You can't really look at that as being something that's displacing people. How do you find that data? Where do you look? And if you're on the ground, same question. Well, there's two questions there, really. How do you find the data and what does it look like from the ground? The data is readily available to anyone with basic access to comps in an area. You can see days on market, prices of properties have been sold, photos of those properties and such by looking at the MLS or any associated feed that comes from that. So that's one step. The other step, though, is actually being in the neighborhoods and in the areas that we're talking about and kind of getting a feel for it by being present all the time 
And when you see a young couple moving in with young kids and a couple dogs, and they look completely out of place compared to the other people in the neighborhood, and there's a bar that was formerly run down, and now it's got some hipsters coming to hang out there, you know that there's something going on in that particular area. So these are kind of harbingers of progress and leading indicators of an area that is on the edge of hip or will maybe someday be hip. Mm -hmm. From the data question and response, you said you want to look at comps in the area and some specific data points like days on market and prices of properties that have been sold. What specifically are you looking for with days on market? A decrease in days on market, I like to divide the market into quarters, and I look at the top quarter for my investing purposes. So a decrease in days in market on the top quarter of properties means that the people who are buying the more expensive properties in an area are acting faster, and you want to see in conjunction with a decrease in the days on market, you want to see it drive up in prices. Anything from a on-the-ground standpoint, you mentioned young couples with a dog and hipsters going into a bar that's been open. Anything else, a type of business maybe that you've seen that indicates that the property value is increasing? Yeah, absolutely. Your big rooftop data companies like Trader Joe's and Whole Foods, you know, obviously when those come into a neighborhood, you know that the neighborhood's going to experience some, some continued resurgence. But they're looking at rooftop data and they come later in the process. On the front end though, a lot of people think that the hip people move to an area and then the prices start to go up. But in my experience, before the hipper people come, you have the artists and the pioneers who come who are looking at just cheap, cheap, cheap prices and the ability to live and focus on their art or their lifestyle and still have a neighborhood that works for them. So that's something that people think is the driving force. But in my opinion, what really makes the difference is, like you said about the businesses, when you've got a hip restaurant that lands in a neighborhood or a hip coffee shop, that kind of thing that brings in people to drive to as a destination to the neighborhood, mm -hmm. that is the big number one sign. We'll get back to the show in just two minutes, but first, some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. Do you manage your own rental properties? If you do, or if you're about to, I want to tell you about RentReady because I'm guessing they have some services that you wish you had. RentReady is a property management software that allows you to manage your business from your computer or phone. With RentReady, you're able to collect rent online and get paid, find the perfect tenant with a built-in screening and listing service, and get your leases signed with the click of a button. And tenants really love using RentReady's app too. They can pay rent using the card, ACH, cash. They can set up auto pay, get renter's insurance if you require it. And they can even build their credit score through RentReady's new credit reporting feature. And the best part, RentReady is unlimited. That's right. All this is flat priced. There's no tricks or hidden fees. RentReady is designed for investors who manage their own properties so that you don't have to worry about paying more for building your business. You can start managing and scaling your rental properties without scaling costs. And RentReady has given us an amazing deal to pass on to the best ever listeners. You can get RentReady's annual plan for only 54 bucks at RentReady.com when you use our special code BESTEVER. That's R-E-N-T-R-E-D-I.com with the code B-E-S-T-E-V-E-R. 
at rentready.com to get Rent Ready's annual plan for only 54 bucks. Mark your calendars for the best ever conference February 24th through 26th back in person at the Gaylord Rockies Convention Center. Join the experienced community and phenomenal speakers for a weekend of learning the best commercial real estate strategies, building relationships, and quite frankly, having a lot of fun. As a bonus, once you purchase your ticket, you are put into a mini mastermind group to start making connections with other commercial real estate investors immediately. Get the lowest prices right now at besteverconference.com. That's besteverconference.com. So Brent's major focus is identifying up-and-coming markets, and he actually does this by analyzing single-family trends. So he looks at the data and determines if the particular neighborhood is going through a transition. And then he also talked about how you can't just look at the data, but you actually need to go to the location, look around the area. And then he gave us some things that, if you see them, also indicates that an area is transitioning. The third clip comes from an interview we did with Adil Gorel, episode 2152. And here's what he had to say about selecting the best market. My criteria of where to buy are pretty simple. I've been a student of the demographics in the U.S. for decades. Mm -hmm. And if you look at the U.S. census, you can easily see the part of the country that the demographic growth is the best is what I like to call the Sunbelt states. So the Sunbelt states are states like Nevada, Arizona, Texas, Oklahoma, Louisiana, Florida, Georgia, where the sun shines, you know, in the South. And not only are these states the ones with the biggest growth and demographic growth for the future, and we can talk about why, but we may not have the scope here. They also happen to be states where they are pro-business, which also means they are fair to the landlord. Unlike the state of California, for example, the state of New York, which are very harsh on the landlord. But these states are very good for the landlord. They're affordable. So my first criteria is Sunbelt states. Second mm -hmm. criteria is pretty self-explanatory. It's large metropolitan areas. And that's because you have job diversity and industry diversity. If one factory, God forbid, goes out of business, there are many, many others. So large metropolitan areas in the Sunbelt states. The third criteria is where the numbers work, meaning the ratio between rent and price makes sense. And as of the month of April 2020, it does not make sense, as I said, in, in some of our classic markets like Vegas, like Phoenix, like Dallas, like Austin, markets where we bought many thousands of homes do not work. So what does work now? So one market that does work right now is the Oklahoma City market. If you look at the map, it's not that far from Dallas. And yet the prices are a lot lower than Dallas. The rent are somewhat lower, but not that much. The property tax is 250% lower than in Dallas. And they have the lowest unemployment in the whole United States out of all the big cities in the U.S. Of course, now we have the crisis, but I still believe their unemployment is quite low relative to many of the other big cities. 
In addition, they found enormous reserves of oil and gas not far from Oklahoma City. Of course, oil is super cheap now. I don't look for things like this, but it's just an extra that you get. Strong economy. And we are buying brand new homes. I like to buy brand new homes. It, it took me a while to realize it. I started off as all new investors, as a cash flow cowboy, buying old stuff in not so great locations, but I learned you buy in good areas only and you buy brand new homes that come under warranty. So we are buying brand new homes in Oklahoma City from about 150,000 up to about 190 something. And they rent well. So typically the $170,000 home would rent for about 1400 a month with very low property tax. So that's one market that works. Another market that still works is what I would call Central Florida. Well, the Orlando market is too high now for the same reason that the Phoenix market is too high. And the Tampa market is too high. Between Orlando and Tampa, we had bought a few thousand properties over the years, but they're too high. However, between Orlando and Tampa, there is growth, and it does make sense there. North of Orlando, there's very interesting stuff as well. East of Orlando, including on the shore and south of Orlando. So the prices there are different. The prices are between 200 and maybe 225, except there's one pocket to the north of Orlando where there are properties to be had for as low as 140. And we can talk about that. And then another market that still makes sense is there are parts of Atlanta It's a giant market that do not work anymore, but there are parts that do. So that's another market. And our most expensive market right now is the Raleigh-Durham market, the Research Triangle in North Carolina. The prices there will be between 200 and 260, but they still work. And of course, it's a very popular market. We also buy in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, where the rents ratio is good. And pretty much these are the few markets that right now in 2020 make sense. What part of Atlanta works? Well, again, it's not a formula. It's not like you say, oh, you only buy in the South. But it is true that parts of the South of Atlanta work. But one thing, this is an important question, Joe, that you just raised. I live in the San Francisco Bay Area. And I learned a lesson over the 36 years that we've been doing it. I like to build trust with my teams in the field, with the people with whom we work, with our brokers and managers, and listen to them. So I listen to what they say, just like you, Joe, would be a super expert on the area where you live, your street, your city. I listen to them. So when I work in Atlanta, I listen to what they say as to what would be a good area. So what I really liked about Adil's episode is that he talked about, based off of his 30-plus years of investing experience, that the Sun Belt states are the best markets for multifamily for rentals right now. And we've done a lot of episodes focusing on the markets that performed the best during the COVID pandemic. And sure enough, all the top markets are in the Sun Belt. Adil also provided us with a little secret to finding the best markets, which is to trust your boots on the ground and rely on them 
to help you identify the best market and the best neighborhoods. So those are three experts on how to select the best target market. First, we have Marco Santarelli from episode 1804, who focused more on the data and the metric side. Next, we had Brent Maxwell, who also focused on the data, but also talked about some of the intangible feelings that you get by walking a market to understand if it's a good place to invest. And then lastly, we have Adil, who talked about why the Sun Belt states are the best markets to invest in, also going into data, and then a little tip on relying on team members to point out the best neighborhoods in the market you are investing in. So that will conclude this episode. Thank you for listening as always. Have a best ever day and we'll talk to you tomorrow.